Welcome to Empower to Grow, the podcast. I am your host, Hanan Al-Basha, the business doctor. Following our conversations with empowered women who woke up one day and consciously claimed, I am more than enough. I am worthy. I am empowered to grow. And along their empowering journey towards realizing their own potential and their quest for growth, they became a beacon of hope and guidance for others. May you also find your inner power to grow. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Empowered to Grow. This is your host, Hanan Al-Basha. I'm very excited about this episode because I have a phenomenal guest for you here today, and I believe we're going to get a lot of value out of this conversation with us, Dr. Melissa McCreary. She is a psychologist, she is an author, podcast host, and more importantly, an expert on emotional eating. Dr. Melissa, nice to meet you. It is so good to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's a pleasure. So I always start with the question of empowered to grow. What does this phrase mean to you or how did it resonate with you when you got to know that this is the name of the podcast? I, well, as I was telling you before we started, I got so excited because that is my mission. Um, I help smart women who feel smart and who feel capable in every other area of their lives find their power when it comes to their relationship with food. And I feel like that is one place where so many women don't feel powerful, don't feel strong, don't feel the, the kind of confidence that they bring to everything else. And that that's my, I'm just passionate about this topic. I love that. And and that's why I saw the, the alignment as soon as I got, you know, your information, I'm like, yes, please, let's talk. <laughs> So um, I love when the universe just conspires to send you to send you what you need to hear at the right moment. So from that concept, you are empowered to grow, but you also empower others to grow. So can you tell us a bit more about your story, please? Absolutely. So I'm a clinical psychologist um, and I have been working in the area of food and eating and weight and, and women and every way you can combine those for my whole professional life. And I guess what happened is as the deeper I got into this work, and it has been decades now, what really just mortified me was the standards that we have for what is possible and the the way that we are teaching women to settle. So that's the professional side of things. As a, as a human being and as a woman, I had had my own struggles with food. I had had my own struggles with weight. I had had my own struggles with emotional eating and um, using food to cope and having uh, struggles with the scale, having every size pants in my closet and obsessing right. about whether yeah. it's a good day or a bad day or <laughs> you know, all those kind of things, right? <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, I had left that behind. And it had been a struggle. It took years. It took therapy. It took money. It took, if you, if you give me any strength assessment, what you will learn about me is my number one strength is perseverance. Um, but it was in the past. It was not something I thought about anymore. And it still yeah. is. So then fast forward, I became a psychologist and all of a sudden I'm real, not all of a sudden, but as I go through this process, I'm learning from my clients, but also from other professionals that the standard that so many people and professionals have is that this is something, your relationship with food is something you control. 
-hmm. You have to stay in control. You have to fight it. You have to be on top of it. You have to, you know, I, I would hear these amazing women say things to me like, well, I know this is always going to be an issue for me. Mm -hmm. I know this is something I will always struggle with. I know I can't have sugar in the house. I, and, and so I would see these women with such expansive empowered senses of themselves believing and being told by the weight loss industry, by their physicians, by support groups, by everybody else that this was this one area of your life where you're not allowed to win. And it's mm -hmm. so not true. Mm hmm I love that. I love that. So as you said, you've kind of mapped out a bit about your own journey, but from where you stand today, what advice would you go back and impart on your 19 year old self? Um, so much. <laughs> we don't have enough. We don't have enough time for that. We've got the but time, I, but I think, <laughs> I think, I think where I would start and, and it's kind of the key takeaway piece. I always want to give people uh, when I'm doing an interview like this is that there is a reason. And, and if I, if I go to my relationship with food, it's, there's a reason that you're eating the way that you are. There's a reason because there, because there is a reason there's always a reason that we eat. There's always a reason that we overeat. And it is not that you are lazy or you're stupid or you're not disciplined or you're not strong enough. Um, there's a reason. And, mm -hmm. and there are so many possible reasons, right? We are taught to use food as a band-aid for so many different things. Yep. Yeah. So you go back and tell your 19-year-old self, it's okay. There are reasons for whatever it's a reason. you're going through right now. This is, we, this is understandable. And, and I, I think it's, the, it's two parts. There's a reason and the reason isn't a finger pointed at, at me, right? I'm not, I, it's not like I just need to buck up and as the weight loss industry teaches us, right, get in yeah. control and be strong and have yeah. more willpower. I've got lots of willpower. Yeah. Um, I was using food to cope and, and that's what so many busy high achieving women are doing. That's true. Okay. The other end of the spectrum, then the 90 year old self, what would you like her to thank you for today? If she were to send you a message kind of cross time message. Um, thank you for using your voice. Mm, I love that. I love that. Thank you for using your voice. I, I think that this is an area that, again, it's, it's kind of interesting as a psychologist and um, also as, as with the coaching that I do now, I get to hear people tell their truths in a way that lots of other people don't get to hear people tell mm -hmm. their truths. And I will tell you that so many people feel alone with this issue. So many people put a big smile on their face and act like it's all okay. And they got it all going on and this doesn't bother them, but it does. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so many people don't feel permission to talk about this stuff. And I, I see the looks on people's faces, whether it's in my zoom groups or, or one-on-one, -on -one, coaching when they realize it's okay to talk about this stuff and it doesn't mean there's something wrong with them or they're broken or uh, it's very important yes yes I love that and and you're right I mean I know we'll speak a bit more in the in the second part of our conversation but this has been my journey and this has been the journey of many women I know and it is understanding it's going to the root cause as you are saying there is a reason for it 
And we are not taught that. That's not how we're conditioned. Like um, people in like gurus and people we look up to, such as Tony Robbins. I love Tony Robbins. I'm a student of Tony Robbins. But the way he talks about, you know, um, you want to lose weight and you just shut your mouth and stop eating and, and stop being lazy about it. And I'm like, seriously, that's not the way. I've tried that way and that's not a good way to go and that's not healthy. And um, we don't have enough support and enough awareness. And I, I, that's why I love the work that you do to understand that you have to stop and you have to go to the root causes and you have to understand why this is happening rather than mask it with every extreme diet that comes along. I know I've been under the knife and I've reversed it. I've had a gastric band and I lost the weight. And yet still I was looking in the mirror and I was still looking, seeing a fat person. And I didn't, I couldn't, like everyone around me was saying, stop it. You're doing too much. Now you're going too far and you're becoming underweight. And I'm not seeing that. Um, but this is why what you're saying is very important. And this is why this message for me was personal. And a, a lot of women need to hear that. How do I heal that relationship with food rather than blame myself about what I can and can't do because I know I can do things you know I mean I'm overachieving in, in every other area in my life but when it comes to this it's like is this a weakness I've got and is this the way I have to accept myself for the rest of my life and and the truth is it's not a weakness I mean, so many women are how can I say this it is a coping strategy it's different for everybody, but so many women are coping in the other areas of their lives by using food as a way to get through, right? As a, as a reward or as stress relief, or as a way to power through when you are exhausted or, mm -hmm. um, because you're too busy to do anything else and you don't have the bandwidth to deal with tough emotions, or you don't know how to deal with tough emotions. And the beautiful thing is that when you really heal this, um, not only do you get to kind of, well, you get to just have your relationship with food function and it doesn't become this thing that you need to obsess on or manage or track or be vigilant about or monitor every day with the scale. But when you take care of these things in bigger, really much more impactful ways than eating, your life gets bigger, your life gets better, your life gets easier. Um, yeah. I, I saw I have to, I, I try to stop myself. I can't stop myself, but whenever I start with a new client, we'll be, we'll be kind of, we've decided to work together and we'll be getting off a zoom call or something. And I will, I, I can't stop myself. I say, we are going to have so much fun. And they look at me like I am crazy because yeah, so you're gonna as, be as, if, as motivated, yeah, as, <laughs> as motivated as they might be, the idea of working on your relationship with food being fun is never what is on somebody's yeah. mind. But I know the other side of it. And when you start to heal, I call them hidden hungers. When you start to address those hidden hungers that are making food so powerful in your life, and when you start to take your power back, you do have more fun. Things get so much lighter. That's and true. and I I just can't stop talking about that because people need to know that. That's true. Okay. Speaking of people need to hear that you're on a stage and you're talking to tens of thousands of women. And the topic is about being empowered to grow. What would be that last message you leave them with? You have more power than you think you have. Hmm. 
That's it. You are the only, you are the only person who has lived inside your body your whole life. And you know more about what you need than, than you think you do. You know, we can, we can move all the crud out of the way that's blocking your wisdom, but it's in there. I love that. Dr. Melissa, I know I can't wait for the rest of our conversation, but for now, where can our viewers and listeners find you in virtual space and connect with you? Well, you can find me at the Too Much on Her Plate with Dr. Melissa McCreary podcast. So anywhere you get your podcast, just Google Too Much on Her Plate. It's T-O-O. Um, and I would love for you to come over to my website and take the free Hidden Hungers quiz so that you can start untangling your own relationship with food by taking one simple step instead of feeling overwhelmed. And that's at toomuchonherplate.com forward slash quiz. I know I'm taking that right after our conversation. I need to address <laughs> that as well. <laughs> Dr. Melissa. You want the fun part, right? <laughs> yes. I, I love fun. I'm all about fun. And and I think um, I love how you've re reworded that and kind of changed that perspective because I know mindset is very important when we're dealing with any of the subconscious in blocks specifically where you change that perspective and change the wording um it is very important and understanding that it is fun to deal with your hidden hungers and identify them and know where they are and and how to change your relationship with them that is fun because it's all about finding out more about you and the more you find about you the more empowered you become or and as I like to say, a better version of yourself on a daily basis. And I think this this is a mission I know personally I'm on. And I know a lot of um, the women who listen to this podcast are on as well, or else, you know, a podcast named Empower to Grow is not easy. When it, I'm having conversations with amazing women from around the world just saying, you can, as you said, you have the power within you and you can change your life around if you decide to do something about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's inside. Well, thank you for sharing your wisdom in your energy in our first part. And I can't wait for us to delve deeper in our uncharted discussions. Me either. It's going to be fun. <laughs> thank you. Exactly. Well, I hope you find fun in realizing and revealing and working with your hidden hungers. And more importantly, I hope that you always find fun in your love, your abundance, and your prosperity. Bye for now. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Empowered to Grow podcast. For further engagement with a tribe of empowered women, join my Facebook group, Empowered to Grow, or visit my website, www.hananubasha.com. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, know that empowered you empowers others. Love, abundance, and prosperity to you all.